It's the My Michelle Live podcast. Looking for the God story and news of the day. My Michelle Live news and views. Here's Michelle. Hey, thank you, big voice guy. What an introduction. I am Michelle Mendoza. That was big voice guy. And you are welcome to the table here. My Michelle live podcast every day. We are on the air uh, with science and technology, health, news and views, sports, and so much more. When we take on any subject, we want to look for something deeper. Is there some meaning in this? Come on. When something happens in your life, let's say it's an accident, something bad happens, something uh, crazy rocks your world, what, what is it that we always ask? Why? 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 Right? There are some answers to why, and I find it in the God story. Maybe you want to go on this journey with me, because today we're going to be looking into our culture, into what's happening in the world around us, tucked away in the corners, the the cults and the crazy religions out there, the news stories that we scratch our heads at, and we ask, why? What's the deeper story? What we're going to look at today is how the deeper story takes us past the headlines, and it reveals that there really is a congruent underlining story, and that in every instance of every crazy story out there, there is someone looking for that God story. That's my argument today. We'll see if you agree with me by the end of the broadcast today. I wanted to look a little bit, though, first at some of the news. My Michelle Live. News update. Some of the news that gets your head scratching the most today. Listen to this. It always seems that there's stories like this coming out of Florida. What the heck, Florida? Really? (laughs) A man mutilated his wife's lover with scissors. This Florida man, uh, he's charged with mutilating his wife's bound lover. He's set to plead guilty to this attack with scissors. He claims, though, he's not guilty because he shouldn't have to be guilty because he kind of blacked out during the instant incident. He can't recall any of the details. This bloody mess left, left the victim with a severed penis. Yeah, three quarters of his penis cut off off. Wow, what a story. But Florida does not have a license on crazy. An Oklahoma man confessed to killing his neighbor, cooking the heart with potatoes. Really? A patient in the hospital stabbed the doctor repeatedly in the face and head. And oh, this was in the city of brotherly love. Listen to the CBSN report. A doctor is recovering tonight after police say a patient stabbed her in the face at Pennsylvania Hospital. Alicia Roberts has more on the doctor's condition and why some doctors are sounding the alarm about a growing trend in healthcare violence. Alicia? 
Yeah, well, Yuki, fortunately, that doctor is recovering. She is expected to be okay. But today's attack comes at a time when healthcare workers are under tremendous pressure. And this report coming out of New York. New York starts spreading the news or don't. In this case, a woman is accused, this is horrible too, of punching a two-year-old in the face on a New York City subway. This is up to date on the search for the woman accused of punching a toddler on board a subway train. Police releasing this picture of the suspect. Investigators say the two-year-old was sleeping in his mother's arms when the woman who was panhandling punched him repeatedly in the face. This happening on a C train near the 116th Street station. The boy was taken to the hospital and is okay. And if that isn't crazy enough for you, let's give you the cancel culture rundown some new things that you may not have known are now canceled peter pan of course has been canceled uh, if you haven't heard because especially that disney version because of uh, some of the insensitivity towards indians little house on the prairie because of racism you may have heard me mention that before um reference to uh, Indians, uh, how they were treated at that time, though Laura Ingalls and her family really took strong stands uh, against the poor treatment of minorities. Uh, And this was set just three years after slavery was absolutely banned. So why are we canceling things like this again instead of learning our lessons from history? Math is canceled. You've heard that, of course, because those facts that are supposedly set in stone um, are not fair to minorities who, what, they they are smart enough to adhere to facts that's too difficult oh my goodness ballet because it's primarily from a white um society so yeah there's a lot of cancel things that honestly we're so busy canceling each other and uh in some cases cooking each other for crying out loud we're not realizing that we all have something primarily positively um, universal that is in common with each other. We're all seeking for something deeper. I want to share with you something that's changed my life. Uh, It's a product, and I used to take it when they paid me to talk about it at the radio station. And when I left my job, I stopped taking the product, right? And everything went south. It's Calitrin. It is a collagen supplement and the best out there. A lot of people take it for weight loss. I mean, people are losing anywhere from 10 to a couple hundred pounds. That's great. But for me, what it did is it helped me sleep. It helped me focus. My hair, skin, and nails were looking spectacular. It is amazing for those who may have arthritis, achy joints, that kind of thing. But man, it really is a fountain of youth in a bottle and I could feel its effects when I stopped taking it. So I contacted them and said, hey, do you want to be an affiliate? You know, you don't you have to sponsor my show. Just give me an opportunity to get the product at a special deal and to share that with my listeners. And that's what we're doing. So go to mymichellelive.com, click on the link and learn more about Calitrin, my favorite product. 
I'm here with my friend Mark Griswold. Today on our News and Views, we're talking about how there is a permeation of God in every area of life that we just don't even realize. We often talk about it in science, where the more you get into science, the more irrefutable it is that it is extraordinarily uh, there's extraordinary intelligent design. When you look at health, you see that our bodies being fearfully, wonderfully made have a capacity to heal beyond any comprehension. And when you look at the news of the day and you reason things out through logic, uh, all of the happenings seem to point to a bigger story. And I would also argue that we're all looking for something a little deeper. And that's where my friend Mark comes in, because recently he wrote an article talking about spirituality versus religion. Mark Griswold today, our off-the-wall commentator. <laughs> We're taking it off the wall. That was Duende Music with the acapella rendition of Off the Wall. We have a link where you may be listening to this. Now back to Mark Griswold. Hey, Mark. Hey, Michelle. Always good to be here. Indeed. And it's good to have you. Your blog, I really was fascinated by it. Spiritual, but not religious. You point out that religion is, in essence, rules upon rules. In fact, I thought after I read it, I came up with the phrase religion is what we should probably call it. That, uh, you know, it's so many rules. So in religion, why do people shun the idea, like you point out, of being spiritual, but not religious? And what does that phrase actually mean to you? Well, I think it can mean uh, different things to different people and both can be right. You know, everything can be a double-edged sword. Uh, and certainly growing up in Seattle and being surrounded by, uh, you know, Seattle's one of the most unchurched places probably on the planet, to be honest. Yeah, it's in the top uh, of unchurched, de-churched, yeah. and atheist. And not just, you know, not not church going, but just flat out does they don't believe in God. They have no religion or, or no spirituality. Some of them, some of them are flat out atheists, but there's a lot of people uh, that are, you know, they'll say, well, I'm spiritual, but not religious. And if you dig deeper, that's code to, well, I just believe that everything's okay. And you can do whatever you want as long as you're a good person. And that's my definition of a good person, not your definition of a good person. And my mind is so open, my brain has fall, fallen out, right? <laughs> we can get and, that uh, way, I'm not gonna lie. Yeah, yeah. But then there's also the spiritual but not religious that Jesus, I believe, came to teach where he was hammering, the people he hammered on most were the Pharisees and the Sadducees who were all about the rules. And, you know, you gave me the topic of you were going to talk about uh, Christianity cults, and I can't remember what, what your phraseology Culture. was a couple of weeks ago. And I was thinking, what am I going to do with this? I don't, I don't know. And then last weekend at church, our pastor was preaching on the Sabbath. In fact, he's preached on it the last two weekends. And he started off talking about in, uh, 
oh, I'm blanking. What's the name of the Jewish um, book that's not the Torah, the, the Talmud? Uh, the Talmud and all the rules. Basically, I, I was thinking, you know, the government, the the legislature passes laws and then each administrative body passes regulations that kind of interpret the laws. So that's kind of what happened is God put down the 10 commandments were the big ones. There's certainly more within Deuteronomy and Leviticus and all that. But then the Pharisees and the religious leaders of the old Testament took that even further and interpreted those laws. So one of the laws was keep holy the Sabbath. And that's the one in the 10 commandments. That's all about us. That's God saying here, this is my gift for you. Take a day, relax, don't work. But the, the priests of the Old Testament, of the Jewish law, took that and I don't know, I can't remember, but there's like hundreds of pages of what the definition of work was. And one of them was, uh, you can only have enough ink to form two letters in the Hebrew alphabet. If, that, if, you, if you're more, forming more than two, then you're doing work. Less than two, it's not work. And there's like, if, if you're only allowed to take two bites of a fig, and if you took a bite of a fig, and it didn't taste good and you spit it out, well, you still took a bite. So now you can only take one more bite of a different fig. And it, so it became so onerous that the day of rest became the most stressful day for the Jews. <laughs> and Jesus came and, you know, he fulfilled the law. He didn't, he didn't abandon it, but he came up with all these things like, you guys, this is about me. So it's, it's about following the spirit of the law not the rule of the law. So, you know, in, in terms of that, it's about spirituality instead of, as you said, religion. Okay. So what that says to me is that God meets you where you're at. You know, that religion um, can say, hey, you need to, if you want to know God, you have to look like me. Um, you know, here in America, we've put a face on it. You know, a white, some white guy uh, sitting behind a pulpit, hellfire brimstone. And probably if you have a Southern accent, it kind of is a little bit higher up the scale of religion. Um, Amen. You have to dress like me. You have to. You, and so we come up with our own ideas and rules. And so that's where I almost find it refreshing. Uh, you mentioned Seattle being unchurched, dechurched, atheistic. I live in that corner of the United States. And in a way, I'm going to be straight up and I'm going to offend you as you're watching and say, you know what? I find that refreshing because it's sincere, because, you know, whatever your ponderings are, uh -oh. whatever your yep. thoughts are, you're, you, you know, it's encumbered by this is the way you must be. And sometimes I'm sorry, atheistic ideas can be religious in their, themselves. This is how you must be. But when you get past a lot of that, you get to um, something a lot deeper. And maybe that is that spirituality, not the religion of it, something deeper and something real. What are your right. thoughts? Right. I was going to say, I, I was thinking about the atheists I know and some of the agnostics that I know. And for the most part, they came from a religious background that was very legalistic. Uh, I, I have one. And it doesn't make friend. sense. So no wonder they're saying, yeah. okay, I can't I believe in that. That's Jehovah's not real. She was raised Jehovah's Witness, and it was so oppressive and so abusive that she just said, forget this. I'm done. And, you know, I, I think she's slowly starting to think, well, you know, in conversations whether she's more of a agnostic, not an atheist, but... 
I meet other people. Intellectually honest. Let's let's just be real. Um, You know, most I think most thinking atheists will uh, often say, "Yeah, I guess you'd have to say you're agnostic because you really don't know." Which really kind of makes all of us agnostic until we stand before the throne room of God. uh, We really don't know. However, evidence is overwhelming, and I can say with surety in in my life. Yeah, there's a God. Um, right. but- well, if it, was, uh, if it was just all there for us to see, it would require no faith, right? And that's why yeah. they call it faith. Boom, there you go. As I read your blog, Mark, um, I was, I guess it, I was pondering, which is what you want to do when you write a good piece, right? It gets people thinking that all religion, religious thinking, religious thinking, all it does is has a, it has us follow rules, to bring us closer to God or Nirvana or consciousness or one with the universe or the spaghetti monster or that the force would be with us. No wonder why they say that all roads lead to heaven, because it's kind of like, well, it's kind of the same no matter what. It's just rules to get you to this place. And it almost seems like it's really the you're saying it's the opposite, that we get close to God and then all the things that we should be doing that 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 are maybe the the groundwork for a good life kind of fall into place sure and and i want to step back and say that rules aren't unimportant the key though true. is true, what's coming true. from yeah what's coming from your heart right are you following in fact in my bible study this morning we were just talking about this are you following the rules that god has given us cuz god give did give us rules are you following them so you can get into heaven or are you following them because you love God so much you don't want to disappoint him? And then the other part of that is all the rules that God gave us uh, are for our own good. And, you know, it's not God doesn't punish sin. Sin punishes its, itself. You touch the hot stove. That's God not saying, you know, I want to punish you for touching that hot stove. No, the stove's hot. So you're going to get burned. If you use drugs, you're going to feel like garbage. If you sleep with tons of different women or men you're going to lose your soul. It's just a fact of how God created us. And you can say that that's God punishing us, or you could just say that's- That God has a better way, that there really is a better way. And I, I guess the logical outcome of what you're saying, though, is that God cares more about having a relationship with you and then helping to align your life with what with what is the healthiest and the best and the greatest for a great plan and purpose in your life it's not about someone coming to you and saying okay well since you know there's a god now you need to look like me and this is what you need to do because god takes those things one step at a time he really cares about who you are where you're at right now he loves you exactly where you're at and that goes beyond religion you say in your blog those who only seek to follow the letter of the law will be worshiping the law and not he who created it. That's my favorite. That's like, that's a notable quotable right there, Mark. I like it. Well, you know, I learned the first, the the 10 commandments way back in grade school and we'd interpret them. We had to do a, in school, you know, what does this actually mean to you? And I remember the first commandment, thou shall not worship any other God, you know, no false idols, right? And I think everybody in the fifth grade said, oh, well, you know, don't bow down to a little statue, right? Well, I guess the ancient Israelites were bowing down to a golden calf, but 
most of us today don't really make golden calves to worship. So I think us fifth graders all thought, oh, well, that's not really a problem. We don't worship little golden calves, but we don't realize that that's the first commandment for a reason. It's because we all worship false idols all the time. We worship, you know, our jobs. We worship our, we could even worship good things, right? Politics. Well, politics, certainly. We can even get to the point where we're worshiping religion, right? Where, oh, how many committees can I serve on at the church? And look at me. Uh, I remember talking to someone the other day and they said, oh yeah, growing up, you know, we had the, hey, how many people have you saved? You know, let me put that in option. (laughs) It's not about that because guess what? You didn't save anyone. God did. Maybe you planted the seed, but- yeah, people get so obsessed with the rules that they're, you know, look at me. I, and right, the, the Jesus would always say to the Pharisees, you know, you guys have earned your reward here on, on earth because you're standing on the, cam- uh, on the corner preaching and saying, look at how holy am I? Well, that's good for you. That, that's your reward. So you don't get one in the afterlife. As we talk today and wind up our time, we're going to be continuing our broadcast later, uh, talking with a gentleman who's gone all over the world and has found that every single culture, every language, every people, every indigenous group has an understanding Uh, even if it's just basic, of this amazing God who created all things and who desires a relationship with us. Even every religion to a degree tries to find it, but it's as though everything that we're really looking for culminates in the person and the work of Jesus Christ. I know that's a controversial thing to say, and as we're broadcasting live on Facebook, people are going to go, I can't believe you said that. But there's something uniquely different about the gospel of Jesus. Yeah. So, yeah? Oh, I was just going to say, yeah, you know, the difference between Christianity and all the other religions, as long as we're following Jesus and not some... Christianity that we decided to make up in our on- religion <laughs> rules is that it's not about the rules. It's about a relationship with Jesus. And he comes to us first and says, you guys have a free pass. I've, I've taken care of it. Whereas every other religion and there might, maybe I don't know all the religions. So, you know, maybe the flying spaghetti monster religion is different, but uh, it's, you don't have to follow in order to get into heaven. You have to follow the rules. Well, uh, it's it's a little bit different in that Jesus fulfilled those rules for us, and we come by grace and not by works. And it's it's a life changing thing that happens when that light comes on. And and of course, as you're listening, you're welcome to chime in with your thoughts or even your questions. Um, This is the God story that. I'm sharing today, and maybe you're on a journey finding that God story in your own life, and maybe uh, this has touched something or you have questions. Well, we're here for you. You can go to mymichellelive.com. I'm not a theologian. I'm not someone important. I'm not an, you know this grand apologist. I'm just me, but I'm willing to talk to you about it because to me, this God story is freaking amazing. And so is Mark Griswold, my friend, my buddy, uh, broadcasting from the Idaho area (laughs) where freedom reigns. Thanks, Mark, for joining us today. Thank you, Michelle. 
My Michelle Live comes to you with thanks from one of our affiliates in particular, Real Bearded Men. Check out their products, all for our bearded listeners. All my brothers with beards, raise up your beards. Let that thing grow out from ear to ear. They say you're so cute, clean shaven. I'm so sorry, dear. This ain't no shave, no members, no shaving. Brothers with Beards. We have a special deal with Real Bearded Men. Go to our website, get a coupon code, and use the link. You'll get the best deal on products for men with beards. So you're still here. Really cool. I'm glad you're continuing because we're on a never-ending search for the God story. If there is a God and he does have a story, why not look for it? And I'm glad you're doing it with me. In the news of the day, uh, can we make sense of what's going on in a seemingly nonsensical broken world? And I say, yeah. What if, just, just bear with me for a second, what if... We were programmed with uh, a need for God, and even an understanding that there is a God inside of us. We talked about how that equates to the brain on Tuesday's show, so you may want to go back to My Michelle Live and listen to our SciTech talk on Tuesday. But let's just say, what if we have an innate kind of a knowing that there's a God, like one true God. What happens when we walk away from that? What happens when we ignore it? Do we see some of the things that we're seeing in our society today? And what if it's not just you and I? What if it's every culture in every area of the entire world? That's what we're taking on today. Maybe the gospel uh, has already been among us. Daniel Kikawa is uh, president of Aloha Keokua Ministries. Uh, he he has a ministry, and their, their ministry is to indigenous people. He's also senior pastor at Hilo Missionary Church in my favorite place in the entire world, Hilo, Hawaii. And he is our guest today. Daniel, it's good to talk with you again. Great to be with you again. So is that maybe what you found that every culture in one way or another it's as though uh god has been written on our hearts and we can see it play out in every culture in every place in every corner every indigenous peoples and and every tradition of the world so to speak yes and um i believe that um this is what God has been waiting for. He does not want to be the foreign God of the foreign religion, but He's our Creator who has always loved us, lovingly made us, and lovingly gave us our place. Um, Acts 17 says He placed every people where they should be. And I don't think our God is a random God where He said, Eeny, meeny, miny, mo, I'm going to place these people here and there. But he actually matched the people. He set up, you know, like he's preparing a place in heaven for us now in his love. He set up a place perfect for the people he placed there. And so that this is our loving creator. 
and who placed us where we are, gave us our language, gave us our culture, because he's the only creator. Um, the devil is not a creator. The Bible says he's a thief. And so he's the creator that gave the original cultures and and the languages. And the devil being a thief, he steals what God has made for these people many times. And um, when a thief comes into your home, he doesn't run around emptying your trash cans and picking up the dog poop from the yard and run away with that. <laughs> he takes the very best, most valuable things you have. And so many times we look at different cultures and we say, wow, you know, the devil really got control of this culture or that. We need to throw away the whole thing and start all over making them um, like us, like our quote, Western culture. And that was the missionary <laughs> yes. thinking in the past. Mm -hmm. Was The thinking was we need to, quote, civilize them first. So suits and ties were put on everybody in Polynesia, Asia, and Africa, as this is the right way to come before God. And especially in places like southern Polynesia, where it's so hot and humid, that doesn't make any sense at all. <laughs> and, no. um, and we want them to be, you know, like, quote, civilized. That was the way in the uh, past, because, oh, the devil's, you know, um, this culture is so demonic and so on. But again, he's not a creator, he's a thief, and he steals what is valuable, and we really need to change our theology around, that if the devil stole it, it must be valuable. And God created it for his purposes, for his worship, for his prayer, his intercession, his evangelism, and the devil wanted it because it was so valuable. And we're not here to give the devil what God has made, but we're here to take back what he has stolen and return it back to the true God. I'm so excited and, uh, to get into some of the specifics to some of the um, some of the the stories that you present in some of your books and and your teachings. But boy, things that you just said, oh, there's so much to unwrap there. It's as though we being you know we may have a a gospel. We may know this amazing God, but we're still human, and somehow we like to create. Uh, people in our own image instead of saying hey be like god it's like be like us and it has in many ways um devastated cultures instead of uh, maybe like hudson taylor who in the 1800s went to china and he said you know we're gonna dress in their dress they wore ponytails they were called the ponytail squad uh, they spoke the language they uh utilized the culture and said, you know, the, your culture even speaks of God. And they, they allowed God, Jesus, to infiltrate their hearts and be part of them instead of saying, be like us. And, and I think we do that. This lesson is something that we should hear because we do that in our culture too, in our churches. You have to dress like us, you have to think like us, you have to act like us. Your ministry doesn't look like our ministry. You're not doing as we're doing. But God came to save the world. And your, uh, in your website, Aloha Keakua, uh, God is love. It, the byline is the creator's love for the nations. God so loved the world. 
and you as you're listening right where you're at. So uh, it's uh, there's tremendous stories there of how well well-meaning missionaries may have gotten it a little bit wrong. Is that fair to say? Yeah, I think that they're there. You know, many of them had uh, a heart after God, and I think they're up there in heaven saying, you know, don't do the same mistakes I have done. You know, like as a pastor, it's not like I'm smarter or better than my congregation. I've just been on the path longer, maybe, and all I can tell them is, uh, don't step in that hole I already did, (laughs) and it's not good. And so um, we stand on their shoulders and grow um, in our knowledge. And also God is, he is always moving forward. He's not stagnant. And so it's as we learn and grow from the past. And, uh, you know, when you say that we want people to be like us, it's part of our sin nature, that it's our pride and when I'm teaching missionaries, uh, which is mostly what I do now, I'm saying that, um, you know, I always think my way is the best because, um, you know, is right and best. <clears throat> because if I have smart parents, I have smart grandparents, and um, they taught me the way to do things the best. And if your way was better than mine, then they would have taught me that. So your <laughs> way is strange funny, uh, the food you eat doesn't, you know, is weird, um, all of that because, yeah, my way is the best, and that's part of our pride nature. Um, and I think that anybody who is who is married understands that people think differently, and if you're going to work together, we got to respect how other people see things. Mm-hmm. And actually, it, I believe that that's what God made us like so that we can become more well-rounded. Each language has its own way of thinking. If you study the brain and language, we think in a certain language. It's like uh, ruts in our brain that we can't jump out of anymore. And somebody who thinks in another language thinks in a totally different way and processes in a totally different way. And that's why if you read um, books like, say, Watchman Nee, uh, he reads the gospel and he sees things that we don't usually see in our English thinking. And just such revelations, it takes me a long time to read his books. And um, as you were talking about Hudson Taylor, we really have a difficult time in changing our thinking. And uh, Hudson Taylor, they say every Chinese Christian can trace their uh, quote Christian lineage back to Hudson Taylor, and um, he was attacked by the other uh, missionaries that he was going native. But it's very important because this is about love. God is all about love, and it's not love if he's the foreign god who stayed with his favorite children all this time and has never been with us which is completely not scriptural. Um, Romans one twenty clearly says that all people knew God, so that they are without excuse. They, um, they knew him so clearly, it says, not dimly, that they knew him clearly, and um, they are without excuse. So to go to a people and think that, um, 
you know, it's it's kind of prideful to think that we are like your Savior, going to teach you everything because you don't know, you poor heathens don't know <laughs> about God. The truth is, the Bible says that they did clearly know Him. But like all of us, we fell away, Romans um, 1, 24 says, we all fell away, even Israel did, and that's why he sent his son Jesus, to, so that we can restore our relationship with our Creator, our loving God, who is always there. He was there from the beginning, lovingly created us, lovingly placed us, and we left him by our free choice, and he, in his love, made the way back home. It's so important that it's, it's love that he made the way back home, not to the foreign God and the foreign religion, and only if you act like my favorite children. That's not love. But he made the way back home to our loving God, and he's like the father of the prodigal son, waiting for us, hoping that we will return, and even sent his son to die for us. And so what we bring is the full mystery of Jesus, what he would do. Um, Studying many Native peoples, you find that they knew that God was going to do something wonderful to save them, or he's going to bring something that will bring them back, or even some of them have that his son was going to do something wonderful. But (laughs) the full mystery of Christ was not known, and that's what we bring to them. Uh, what the Creator did. And so, in saying that, it is not as we've let this perception hold that it's a Western religion. It's not a Western religion. It's a world theology that's been permeated in our hearts since the beginning. Uh, the, The one book that I got acquainted with you with was God of Light, uh, God of Darkness, and the story, uh, the history of Hawaii, the Hawaiian people, and the Hawaiian faith opened my heart to to realize the very things that we're talking about today, that God plants his a desire for him in our hearts and and. He brings us from glory to glory. He brings us from stage to stage as we believe in him. Um, Can you just tell us a bit about that story, a a bit about the story of Hawaii, which highlights how God loved the Hawaiian people from the very beginning and walked with them uh, through to to the gospel presentation? Yes, um, like the Bible says, all people knew the Creator God, and I've researched many cultures and people around the world, and I've always found the name of a benevolent Creator God, and this is the same in Hawaii, a benevolent Creator God, who uh, man was sacred to him and not to be killed. And this is the first thing that God told Noah when he came out of the ark, is you will not kill man because he's made in my image. And so um, this God, no image was ever made of him because it was said that how can you make an image of something that's so above all that we can have or do? And so there were no images made of him. But there is a warfare for our souls. And the enemy came in and... um, a man came in who brought in a human sacrifice system 
and that is what was there when the uh, missionaries first came. The, that system was there, but um, the true God kept on reaching out to the people, giving prophecies to them. And I'm just finishing up a, a new book talking about the true God of Hawaii, ah. and um, I found nine prophecies that were given to Hawaiians before wow. the missionaries arrived, saying that, you know, the the true God would come in his new form, or the new God is coming that will change everything. And so you have all these prophecies preparing the people, and uh, I've also included prophecies from um, New Zealand and um, Samoa and Tahiti, you, most places around the world. See, because God wants to be their God. It's, you know, he loves them. And so this system was overthrown before the missionaries arrived, and the Hawaiian people were waiting. And the missionaries landed right on the rock, prophesied over that this, the true God, the new uh, God in his uh, new form would land. And uh, if you go to uh, Kona, Hawaii today, yeah. Um, there's a plaque there that we had put up about the prophecy, and the Kona Walking Tour calls it the Plymouth Rock of Hawaii. And this was, you see, that because God is love, He was waiting, waiting for this. He didn't want to be the foreign god of the foreign religion. He wanted to be um, their god. And so when we actually... Uh, joined this all together at a time where, in that book, the overthrowing and repenting of all the human sacrifice uh, of the Hawaiian people, saying, um, forgive us for that. God um, brought so many miracles that not everybody who was involved said, I've never seen so many miracles before or after. Because God wants to be our God, not again, not the foreign God of the foreign religion, our Creator and our loving God. And right at that time, so many miracles happened. And um, this is not a, a common, you know, uncommon thing, because I have now worked and talked with missionaries because of what we do from all over the world. And every time it came to a place where he could be our God. I have a friend who was one of the first people to go into Mongolia when Mongolia first opened up because it was totally closed to Christians. And 1994, he went in, and um, none of the adults were coming to Christ. And then he said, see, like everywhere, they made up a new name for God because you don't know God, and all of your gods are demonic. That was the thought. Uh-huh. And so they made up a name for God, but they weren't interested in the brand, you know, a new foreign God because they have a God. And so he asked them, what do you guys call your creator God? Now, again, this why I teach this area is because the devil, a lot of times, um, there is a false creator God. And you can tell by his nature, so you have to study that. But he asked them, "What do you do? You have a name for your one benevolent Creator God?" They said, "Yes." And um, okay, what is that name? And his name was Borhan, which means the God of the blue sky. And so 
he really felt that we need to use this name so it's not the foreign god, so that you know these adults would come into Christ because it was you know none of them had come, and so he said we will start using this name in public proclamation, and the as soon as they did that. He says miracles started to happen, just like in Hawaii. And people started getting healed, and they they saw all these different miracles, and all the adults started coming in and said, Borhan has done this for us. Our God has done this through us. He has sent his son Jesus for us. And the movement turned into a movement of 120,000 people plus in a short time once they started using that. I have friends in the Amazon that when they started doing this, God showed up and the whole tribe um, became uh, Christians. And my mentor, Don Richardson, with his people that he went to in Papua New Guinea, as soon as he joined in with God's plan, God has a plan. He's already working. And when he joined in with God's plan, the people, again, came to Christ where all the adults came to Christ. And I have friends in India who have done the same thing among high-caste Hindus, where it was, of high-caste Hindus who had accepted Christ, was 0.04%, basically nothing. And um, the gospel has been preached there for over 2,000 years. And only point four. Why is that? When our God is so much better than any other God, um, it it just never was a God of love that they they could understand. And when they did that, they started a movement too of over a hundred twenty thousand people coming. And um, this is because it's all about love, and it wasn't love to them. I had mentioned uh, before. We started broadcasting uh, the book, The Unknown God, A Journey with Jesus from East to West uh, by Matthew P. John. And uh, he actually touches on Hinduism in in uh, his book, talking about some of the chants and the prayers ta- uh, about God and, and salvation. And he says it, it sets the stage uh, for what we are all really looking for, that connection with the one true God. Uh, sometimes we, fi- we see in culture, do we not, Daniel, that we try to fill in the gaps with uh, man-made things or um, maybe other gods but in every culture you are finding that there are there is indeed a remnant and a, a base for th- for the god of the bible for the creator god for this loving god uh, that we talk about on the show every day yes it's and it's totally scriptural and i i feel it it's you know the the devil that wants to hide this from us because it it stops people from knowing that he is love and that's that's who god is god is love and we can see that it's very scriptural in acts 17 paul says that he placed every people where they should be that you know that they might reach out for him and perhaps find him because he's not far from any one of us and in fact he says we live and move and have our being in him because we are his children and he uses what does he use? A Greek poem. 
And so he, yes. all of this is there, and we seem to just miss it. But it's it's so important because then he's not, you know, the foreign god. He's our creator. He's our God who has loved us all through this time. And um, he didn't give us an evil culture and somebody else a good culture. <laughs> he has left good stuff with for our culture, too. Like every culture, we have things that are good and things that we've put in there, are you know, that are not. But we don't throw out the baby with the bathwater because then it says that he's not ours. He's, he's not a God of love. He, you know, is a God who gave all the good things to his favorite children, and it's not us. And that's not the, the case. Uh, some other evidence that you point out in God's Fingerprints in Japan, uh, which is a, an incredible documentary showing us the history and culture and the God of the Bible interwoven into the culture of Japan. Can you share with us some of the evidence that you found? Well, we did find the name of the Creator God in Japan. It's um, again uh, like a, a hidden thing, and but He is the one uh, Creator God of Japan. And we, there are many beautiful things that are left in Japanese culture. And so um, the similarities of um, the values and so on, of Christian values that we can find there, um, like in the tea ceremony, which is yeah. so much like the, um, the communion. In fact, it was used as hidden communion when Christians were persecuted in Japan. And these things are so important so that they can be who they are. And that shows love um, that they can be, that God made us this, this way. And, and there's many things in their culture that are very beautiful that we should not throw out because it's God's legacy for them of his love. I understand that there's also um, evidence within uh, kanji, where you can see elements of of biblical stories, am I am I stating that correctly? Yes, um, it's the same. The kanji actually comes from the Chinese characters, and we can find the the whole gospel story within the characters. Uh, actually, some of the first missionaries uh, actually said they thought that the Chinese language was so difficult that the devil put it there in their way for the gospel. And then they find out that the whole gospel story is written in these Chinese characters. And there are several good books about that. Um, the, and it is something that, like you say, Hudson Taylor and his group also use that God left something for us, that this is our story. And um, one missionary, actually, uh, a red guard came and said, you know, you foreign devils coming here and so on. And he just started writing out these different figures and showing it to him. And, and at the end, he exclaimed, why? This is our God. <laughs> and that's why it's so important. So it was a, maybe an education uh, for missionaries who are going to share uh, the knowledge of God and then finding the knowledge that God was already there. That God, God was already there, and he brings the, the completion of, of that desire 
by sharing the gospel. Have you found the the same uh, the same conclusion in the indigenous people here in North America? Yes, definitely. So many of them they do have a name. In fact, they call him um, father. Many of them call him father or grandfather, and um, they knew him and many prophecies about um, what he was going to do or, or the son he was going to bring or the people who would bring the, the leaves bound together that would tell them about their God. And because God loves them and, and has those things, and again, yeah, there is a warfare, so there are things that are in every culture, including American culture. Yes, definitely. <laughs> We can't forget that. <laughs> we just don't yeah. see it as clearly because, well, it's our culture, and that's just fine, and we're good, and, and you know, everything else might be evil. And boy, have we played that out in every foreseeable way. But if we can grasp what you're saying and get our heads around it as people who who want that connection with God through the gospel, we can be what I like to call Daniel, the grown-up in the room, and mirror what real love, real connection, dealing with real differences really should look like. Yes, and I, I, again, it is so important, and we, um, that he is not the foreign God of the foreign religion who stayed with his favorite children. Yeah. It's it's all about love, and that's who God is, and that's why He is, like I say again, He has shown up whenever He could be their God. Like, He's waiting. He doesn't want to be that foreign God. He wants to be their God, and when it's presented that way, He shows up. And the whole story of, in Asia, it's only the Korean people who have accepted um, the God of the Bible to any um, extent, and their Bible use is the only one that use their native name of God. And the story is, is that, that when it started, they were saying, wow, these people know so much about our God and saying that he sent his son for us. And that's what started the excitement of the revival that happened in Korea. And I'm happy to know now that about half of the Chinese Bibles use the name of Shangdi, which is the name of their native creator God. And, um, Many are coming to Christ now in spite of the, the communist regime and what's happening. Um, and so it's, it's because it connects them that to, again, who they are. And it's a God of love. It, it needs to be that way. Otherwise, why would I want to accept this foreign God who is not ours and I have to be like his favorite children to be accepted? Yeah, and so there's something wrong with me. I'm not, you know, my culture isn't good. Only this culture is good. And that's the lie that that we're all buying into today, that only my politics are good and my way of thinking is good and everyone else is wrong and evil. Uh, There's no place for it in God's economy. You know, you are who God's created to be and God meets you where you're at and uses you where you're at uniquely. Uh, Is there anything, Daniel, in your studies that I'm sure there's dozens upon dozens of things that just floored you, but can you think of something that, I mean, just knocked you off your feet? (laughs) 
Well, I would say that it is that um, the, the prophecies that have come forth, if we study the Native people, I've talked with so many missionaries that say, oh, you know, we don't need to know about them, we just need to know the Gospel. But the Gospel has to be able to relate to them in that way. And so by looking, we found always, I found, saying that God wants to communicate to them. And a lot of times, it's prophecies of the missionaries coming. And um, Now, that happened in Hawaii, and that was the one prophecy that, there was at least one prophecy that you've uh, put in your books that absolutely knocked me off of my feet. I, I reread it many times and have retold the story of the black box. Yes. And um, now I've found nine prophecies. And spending the time to research and look for them is a thing. So many times we think that it, it's a waste of time because... You know, it's it's a evil culture, and, you know, we, we don't want to find those things. But all we have to do is look at Paul and what he did at Athens. And if Paul is the apostle that Jesus appointed to the Gentiles, and that's the only sermon we have of his to a people who were not um, what they call Gentile, you know, believers in, in God, followers of God, that's the only sermon we have. We should really study it carefully because it was a very successful 15-minute sermon. And he used all these things from their culture. Mm. The unknown God. You know, you you already know him. The unknown God. <laughs> and there's a story behind that. And every culture, there is there has been this, this cry for God. And I... I I mentioned the black box, and we should probably tell that story because our listeners going, "What are you talking about?" Would you mind telling that that story from Hawaii? It's just, oh my goodness, that that blew me away. Blew me away. Yes, um, the prophecy was that the the God of Peace would come in a small black box and speak a language they would not understand. Now, the Hawaiian culture was an oral culture. Everything was passed down orally or through dance and um, chants. And so when the missionaries arrived, first of all, the there was a prophecy again from um, the last high priest of the old system that the new God would come, and he pointed to a rock on the shore. And when the missionaries Oh, we cut out for a moment. Let's see if we can get uh, Daniel back. Uh, in the meantime, when the missionaries came, and I think we, yeah, we lost his connection. I'll give him a call back, see if we can get him back on. Uh, when the missionaries came, they came to that location at the rock. And what this black box was, um, absolutely. Sorry, can't answer your call right now. Oh, he's, he's probably doesn't know we're, we're there. And don't you love this because it's happening live? We'll keep trying to get him back. So in this story, uh, doesn't that sound strange that this God, that God would return to the islands in a black box? <laughs> like, okay, speaking a language that we don't understand. And yet, 
on that rock, on that very rock, and on that rock there uh, on Hawaii, in Hawaii, uh, the ship landed. And when the missionaries came off the ship, they had what's called a Bible box. A Bible box is uh, because you know printing a lot of there's a lot of handwritten works of literature at that time and going across sea they would keep it in a in a box to keep it safe that's what they came off the ship with it was to me what an astounding story that god was planting the seeds to share the completion of what they've been looking for and here we are calling daniel back again we'll see if we can get him back in hawaii in hilo hawaii Hey, Daniel, I'm so sorry we lost you, but we are back now. Uh, the uh, are, are you good to go? Yes. Okay. <laughs> so the astounding stories, uh, the, as uh, I finished telling the story of the, of the black box um, to our live audience, but... This that story is not unique. This is what's happening all over the world. And I think that we're starting to wrap our heads around God is meeting people where they're at. While the world seems to be falling apart, perhaps everything really is falling into place. Your thoughts? Yes, God, he's above all the things that are happening now. And he's still in control. He's still working out all things for good. And I think that it's forcing us to really look to him and rely on him instead of governments and money and job and the things of this world and to see that he is our source. Well, Daniel, I am so grateful that for not just your time today, but sharing this good news because it it just completely decimates the misnomer that it's a white man's religion it's a, a western religion it's not it's the god that created the entire earth and loves every person in it i am so grateful for for your time today and uh hilo is my favorite place in the world there's a piece of my heart that that I leave there. I think every time, every time I get to visit a family in Hilo, and I, I hope you're all doing well on the island. Yes, and next time you come, let me know, and I'd um, love you to speak at our church. Uh, thank you for what you're doing. So, if you didn't get the whoa, Bing Bong, if you didn't get the message that God has been reaching out to you where you're at, wherever you are. Now, uh, neither uh, Daniel or I are saying that all roads lead to heaven. What I we are saying is that all people are searching for the real God. And if you found a little clue as to what the God story is today, I would encourage you to like the this broadcast, share this broadcast, copy and paste the link, send it an email and messages, let folks know. We're starting to reach the world more and more every single week. And the My Michelle Live podcast, we started in late November, so we're still in our infancy. I really appreciate your support. I appreciate your fiscal support. 
I appreciate your prayer support. I appreciate your share support. And I encourage you to contact us because we're real people really looking sincerely for the God story. I don't care what your story is. You're not going to be rejected here. You're awesome. And I want to thank you. And we will catch you tomorrow. More news and views at mymichellelive.com.